0: Hello, Wild Souls. Just a quick announcement that if you'd like to receive an early bird discount to my Tarot for the Wild Soul course, which opens for enrollment on March 2nd, or if you would like to take advantage of some really amazing um, bundle deals that I'm going to be doing for the first time ever that involve Tarot for the Wild Soul Course, then I invite you to sign up for the special link in your show notes that will get you first access to that. Um, Tarot for the Wild Soul Course changed last year um, and it is pivoting a little bit more this year. This year, it's a totally self-paced, self-guided, autonomous offering. So it does have an open and close enrollment, but it's it's completely self-guided. So you get to move through it however you wish. There's no sort of like live calls to figure out how to attend or anything like that. Um, the price point to the course has shifted. It's now much lower. There is still a sliding scale option. There are sponsorship options available um, in the spirit of making this offering just as accessible as humanly possible to everyone who wants to dive in and experience it. So I've never done an early bird discount to Tarot for the Wild Soul. This year is the first year. I'm very excited and I've never done any bundle deals with it. And this year is the first year. (laughs) So I'm, I'm, again, just tickled and excited. And I think you will be too. So to learn about these offerings, the date that they're all happening, you can sign up at the link in your show notes and you'll get um an email that should send to you automatically that lists sort of the price points, what to expect, what you can uh, um expect from the bundle so you get to make your own decision as to whether or not you'd rather have the early bird or the bundle <laughs> or nothing um and uh where you'll get to learn a little bit more about the course if you don't know about it already it's my signature offering and the absolute deepest immersion that I offer in terms of tarot courses so if you are interested in that and if you'd like to take advantage of it at um, a discounted rate uh, the only way to do that will be to sign up at this link it will not be available to anyone who is not signed up to my mailing list so you can do so at that link in your uh in the show notes yeah thank you so much Welcome to Tarot for the Wild Soul, a bi-monthly podcast that explores the tarot through an inclusive, soul-centered, trauma-informed perspective for growth, healing, and evolution. I'm your host, Lindsay Mack. Hello, wild souls, and welcome to a new episode of the podcast, to a new month, a new theme, a new anchor card. I'm so excited and delighted to be gathered with you here, as always. So, today we're going to be diving into our anchor card for the month of March. We only have just two more episodes after this one together before I go on my maternity leave. And so, um, yeah, I feel very honored to get to be gathering with you for these next sweet and precious few before we have probably a very long time (laughs) where we won't be connecting in this space. Um, so yeah, thanks for being here, number one. But um, yeah, we'll be diving into the anchor card and our theme for the month of March. We'll also be talking a little bit about Pisces season, and um, we will also dive into our listener questions. I'm so excited to begin. Our card for the month of March is Nine of Cups. This is, it's been interesting. This is, we've had a couple episodes here where where we've done some firsts on the podcast. Um, I don't believe, in fact, I'm certain that I've never talked about Nine of Cups on this podcast. Um, It's certainly never had its own dedicated episode. So I'm very excited to unpack this card in general and also within the context of this month, looking at it as an anchor, seeing all of the different ways that we can plug into it, how it wants to be working with us. The theme for the month of March is Daring to Hope. That's also the title of this episode today, Daring to Hope with Nine of Cups. It, it, you know, at least in the Northern Hemisphere, Um, right now, in terms of the seasonal wheel that we're we're moving through. We're in Pisces season right now, and Pisces season is the last sign on the zodiac wheel and represents really endings, deaths, um, closeouts, and clearings. Pisces is connected to the tethered one, it's connected to the moon card. Um, it's connected to two, these two particular cards have a tremendous amount to do with powerful endings and with ensuring that we sort of um, stay kind of contained in, I don't know if I'd want to call it a bubble, but a chrysalis of sorts so that we can really transmute so that we can really clear, process, acknowledge, um, let go of whatever is not meant to come with us on the other side. So energetically, it's very much like kind of sweeping the ground. We're we're preparing for the coming of spring. We're preparing for something new, something different to come through and take up space and be birthed kind of within us. And when we're in kind of the full depths of, of energies, like tethered one and like the moon, it's very hard to imagine that there'll be anything else after those things. Um, they do represent a kind of a transition point, both of them, um, a contraction point that is either, depending on the way you look at it, very, very high or very, very low that can really swirl us out. It can even be a little destabilizing sometimes. That's not how the month is going to feel. That's just sometimes how Pisces energy, especially if we kind of tune into the tarot cards it represents, that can be something that comes up right in these two cards. And when Pisces energy is really swirling, I mean, it's not mutable water for nothing. (laughs) It can be really hard to sort of know, like, am I swimming forward? Am I not? Am Am I still in this water, no matter how hard I'm paddling? So it can be a lot. And when we think about the idea of daring to hope, right, when we're in the depths and in the midst of such things, it's very hard to imagine that spring is just a a month or so away. That doesn't mean that all of the characteristics of high springtime, like Beltane, when all the flowers are blooming and everything is riotous and gorgeous and fragrant, that doesn't mean that it's all going to be out. But it does mean that something will have begun the seed will have been planted, the journey will start taking place. We can't see it yet because we're not fully entrenched, right? We're not We're not fully in the midst of it. So one of the wisest things to do with Pisces energy is to keep a very broad, very rooted, open mind to remember what we're going toward, that what we're in right now is not a full-hearted representation <laughs> of the whole picture that we can dare, we can we, we can dare to hope, we can dare to dream. We can absolutely play with how it feels to make space for the vision, for the desire, for the most cherished hopes that we have. And that's very often how it can feel especially here in the Northern Hemisphere with Pisces season, because we're just so ready for winter to be over. We're so ready for a new wheel to start, you know, to kick off and start um, moving. Like it, you know, that transition from Pisces to Aries season, whoo, it's major. So, so big. So all that is kind of wrapped up that the the spiral flow, the seasonal flow, and we can flip it with the Southern Hemisphere as well. That seasonal shift is no joke. It's really intense. So anytime we're sort of ready for that turnover, regardless of the weather, regardless of sort of winter to spring, that longing that most of us have within us, is gorgeous as Pisces energy is, when we're looking at it from the, again, seasonal view the Zodiac view, um, as a collective community, it's often really, really, um, something that we're ready to welcome <laughs> in terms of, uh, the change and the the shift, right, that we're in. Um, Aries season might not be everyone's favorite time, but it, it, it is most certainly a welcome shift as we sort of bow to this last zodiac wheel that we've been moving in since March of 2021 to now. So there's a lot of medicine in that. And again, it's, it's very connected to our card for the month ahead. What does it mean to dare to hope, right? Hope is super, super, super vulnerable, and most of us, if we are working through an experience where we have an incredibly deep heart cherished desire, where we are hoping for something, where we are longing for something, most of us tend to keep that real close to the to the chest, right? Tend to keep that very private um, because it's so profoundly again, vulnerable. And it is an act of daring. It is an act of phenomenal courage to want, to long for, to desire for, right? To hope for. It's huge. And I I keep being sort of, um, it keeps feeling so remarkable to me to sense into how profoundly different the energy <laughs> and the themes of the month ahead are from last year to this year. There's so much, we're already a couple months in to 2022, and I see how we are so deep in the fold of the lover's card. There is so much in this year about vulnerability, about the heart, about opening the heart about it. I mean, that's all of what we covered in the threshold offering, right? How profoundly heart centered this year is, how the lover's card is really just a huge heart opener, how the sixes, which are connected to the lovers are exactly the same. It's really, um, kind of remarkable how the themes of this month again, have been so different. Um, Even the cards that are coming up are are quite different from certainly the last two years, but I would say even prior to that, um, I know I've mentioned this a couple times now, but it, it continues to sort of be amazing to me. So we're touching into some pretty major vulnerability here, which can bring up a lot of big feelings. And the work that we can do around that in Nine of Cups is pretty extraordinary in my, in my view. So we're going to talk about this card now and speak about how it's showing up as an anchor for us and some of the gifts and challenges that it it brings and is bringing to us. So nine of cups, I think is one of those cards that even for me, for many years felt pretty confusing and I don't think I'm alone. I would say for a lot of my students, for a lot of the folks who write in, this is one of those kind of top cards where people um, tend to be a little confused by it. And I completely understand that because the art in the Smith Rider weight um, is baffling. (laughs) Like It's a little baffling. It's a little hard to understand quite it's clear what we're seeing, what it means, what it represents, how one might interpret it. That is really where things get very interesting because it, it's, it can be really interpreted, um, in quite a large spectrum. You know, there are a lot of people who think that the person on the nine of cups, Smith Riderway card is greedy, that they're sort of hoarding everything. They're hoarding all this treasure There are a lot of people who feel like this person's protecting that treasure, that they're proud of what they've created. And what is the significance of um, the person leaving those eight cups in the eight of cups and now this person having these nine cups um, in the next card? Did they go out onto the beach and collect them? Did they find them? Is one person's... um, you know, clearing another person's treasure, like who knows, right? There's so many different ways to, to view it. Um, what I will sort of take gentle issue with is that this is another one of those cards really, unfortunately, where the traditional interpretation just is, um, so lacking, like profoundly, um, and is typically framed as a card that, um, There's a little bit too much emphasis on like, everything's great. You're getting everything you want. There's like, everything's coming true, right? So like 10 of cups, which came, which we talked about last month, um, there's a little bit too much emphasis from my liking on like overly positive, um, to the point of it being unrealistic. Like it's, it's, we can't possibly know that all of our wishes are coming true. We can't possibly know that everything is, um, going to be great. And I used to feel that way about this guy. I used to teach that card like that, like where, um, you know, all of our dreams are coming true and it's all great. And, um, it wasn't until I really sat with it a little more just through the years of growing older and, you know, um, that I, I really, it became so clear to me, like, it, it, this can't quite be it. Um, and in my, my work with this card, and my field research, and just being with it and living it when it's popped up, I've really, really come to understand something about it that um, I think is part of the reason why it's so hard to get a handle on. Because this card is really about daring to hope. It It is about daring to get our hopes up, which is really big, big with a capital B, big. Um, I imagine that all of us, upon hearing like, daring to get our hopes up, can all connect with something, something in our lives where we have just prayed, please, can I get this? (laughs) Please, can this work out? Please, can I be chosen for this? Please, can this happen where we have just wanted something with all of our heart and soul? And Wow, is it a scary place to be? Like it's one of the most vulnerable intense places literally we can occupy as human beings. It's so 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 intense. And 9 of cups is here really as a card to help us to navigate that experience, to help us to find Some kind of rooting, some kind of center, some kind of cord of of anchoring and of care inside of an experience like that. When we get this card, it typically means, whether we know it or not, that we are percolating something. We're gestating something. Something is incubating inside of us. That we are, in many ways, like, um, a mama hen or a chicken, like laying on these precious eggs, keeping them warm. We might not be telling everybody about the eggs. Only certain few folks may know about these eggs, but we know about them. And in the journey of which can often feel less like a journey and more like a roller coaster ride from hell. Um, where we really desire something, but we're nurturing that desire in some way, whether it's whether the eggs, so to speak are kind of in earthly form or not yet. Like it could still just be completely in the realm of a vision or dream or something. We've really been wanting to, to um, bring into earthly form. It could be something that we're actively gestating and working on. Um, It, It just can be so destabilizing sometimes to be on that journey and to feel like, um, you know, all of the feelings can come up. Like we want to squash the eggs sometimes because the thought of possibly losing them or them, or them, you know, yielding to nothing on their own or them being snatched away is too great to bear. So, why? why not just kind of roll them away? Like, why not kind of turn our back on them? It can be so tempting to to move away from those nine cups, those nine eggs, those nine symbols of hope that we are daring to make a space for in our lives. It is so goddamn intense to try to navigate that And with this card as our anchor for this month, it's asking us to tune in with where this is coming up in our lives right now. And the feelings, and I guarantee you any feeling that you're having about it is totally valid. The feelings that it's bringing up in you, the feelings that it's um, bringing forward, you know, for some of us, this kind of an experience can make us feel a little bit more prone to sabotage or it can totally bring out our anxiety or um, despair. It can spiral us out. It can make us softer. It can make us more tender. It can blow the heart open or it can make us build a little fence around our heart. It can make us a bit more cautious with what we share and say. There's no wrong way to navigate the experience but when we have actually like really engaged with nine of cups i think at its core essence and this is all soltero based it can crack something open in us that is profound because no matter what happens with these incredible dreams or visions or desires that we are nurturing and nesting and, and incubating, no matter what happens, the fact that we were open and available, that we dared to hope doesn't make us foolish. It makes us profoundly courageous. And it's so easy for others who are unwilling to do this kind of brave work to look at us and say, you know, well, he shouldn't have you know, thought that you were going to get that in the first place. Which is so painful to hear, but that's their own story. That's what keeps them from trying anything, you know? So, yeah, just so incredibly powerful. And as an anchor, again, you know, I was mentioning this before, we're being asked to engage with this this month. We're being asked to touch into this. We're being asked to get even more vulnerable, even more courageous, even more willing to be soft, to be open, to dare, to hope and dream and hold a space for something that we have long cherished to come into our lives in some way, to be willing to be really, um, to be willing to get our hopes up, which is again, the scariest thing, so the gifts of this experience no matter how it goes it makes puts us way more in touch with our humanness it opens the heart in ways that we cannot even imagine it makes us more you know compassionate toward one another and is most definitely a journey of initiation where we will confront all kinds of different things about ourselves that can't really be confronted or acknowledged until we're here, until we've, we've really moved into the, this deep end of the pool. The challenges, of course, I mentioned, destabilizing, scary, (laughs) tons of contraction, really intense, um, all the feelings, all the feelings, which is as hard as it is a gift, right? So, how we nurture ourselves, how we take care of ourselves inside of this month is a really important part of it. Like, what are your resources for this kind of thing? When you are in a situation where maybe you didn't even realize it, hold a space for it, center it, where you maybe just even now are realizing, holy shit, the reason that this is so scary for me is because I'm being asked to be willing to get my hopes up about something. This is something that I would be devastated if I lost. This is something that would be very painful to contend with if it didn't go the way that I'm hoping it would go. This would be, it would be really hard. And there's a part of me that wants to shut it all down and not even try because the fear of losing out on it is so great that I don't even want to attempt it. Totally understandable. So again, we want to ask: What are our resources? What are our sources um, of care, both for ourselves, outside of ourselves, and and inside of ourselves? Like, where are the places where we can process our feelings around this? Like, how are we showing up to these feelings? How are we holding a space, if at all? Even if we are just saying. Yeah, all of this is here, and all of the feelings are here. Um, that's enough. you know, And from there, can we open the door ten percent more to include just like ten percent more, more care, more nurturance, more, um, more love to ourselves in the midst of that? So huge. It's huge to hope, to dare, to get our hopes up, right? Everything in the thinking mind says, hell no. (laughs) Hell no, no way. There's no way. And, you know, it can be interesting too, when reflecting on this card as an anchor, to think about the journey from the eight of cups to the nine. It takes tremendous courage. To move away from, walk away from the cups, the things in our lives that we treasure, maybe we care about, maybe we put a lot of time and energy in, into, but are just not serving us anymore. And we know that. And there's something inside of Eight of Cups in certain situations, because it depends on how it shows up at our door where if we are making an an empowered decision to move away from what has been here and move towards something different, we're planting the seed for this card inside of that already because we are daring to believe that we could maybe have better. If you've ever had a situation, and I don't care whether this is your doula, your babysitter, your partner, your friend, um, the person who's going to do a job for you. Like, I don't care who it is, A, a home, whatever. If you've ever had a situation where you've looked at the choice in front of you and you've just thought, this is not it, but I can't justify it. I don't know why, because they seem lovely They have experience. I should like them. It should work. I don't know why it doesn't. We can talk ourselves into going with working with someone that it's just not a yes to. If we've been engaged in a project or in um, an endeavor with work or creativity that we've just been doing forever, and we've never really kind of thought about or maybe we have, and it's just not working, but we assume, like, oh, this is everyone, and everyone has times where they don't like you know doing the thing. And of course, we can talk ourselves out of some really important and powerful um moments where we have the ability to, to ask ourselves, like, is it better for me to not? go with this, to stop what I'm doing, to make a space for something else to come through here because this isn't working. And that is a very, um, that's a very powerful parallel to the eight of cups experience because that is eight of cups. They're beautiful. We worked hard for them. There's so much to celebrate and to appreciate about those eight cups, but they're not it. And now, in engaging with that, we make all this space for nine of cups to come in and do its thing. Because in not going with the thing that really is kind of a soft no, it's just not quite working anymore. We make space for something even more aligned to come through. We're daring to hope for something better, something that works better, that is way more supportive, that is so much less of an effort to have to contort ourselves around because it's just not really for us. We're making space for something different to come through. And that is, again, so, so, so scary. So scary. And sometimes we're not in the position to do anything like that. Sometimes that's not accessible. We might want to, but I would wager to guess that while some of us may not be able to be engaged in that in certain areas of life, there are other areas of life where this is something that we've either experienced or we're moving through it right now where we're actually making space for something else to come through that could be even better than what we're telling ourselves is our best option. So again, there's so much power to this card. And as an anchor, it um, it, it can be incredibly helpful to us in our lover's work because that's so lover's right like we we identify in the lovers card where we get stuck and caught believing that something outside of us is going to complete us define us validate us and the only way that we can ever have that sense of completion or satisfaction or validation is if it's coming from us there's no external that can give us that not in a lasting way so again it's a very powerful moment. And this card as an anchor for this month, this very powerful month where we're moving from Pisces to Aries season, where we're sort of beginning a new cycle in terms of the Zodiac and in terms of the seasonal wheel, there's something just so powerful about the potential of this card. And the idea that hope and daring to get our hopes up, and daring to hope that things could be better, could be different. We can take that um, and apply it to our personal lives. We can apply it to the collective. There's so many ways that I think this card is going to be showing up for all of us as an anchor. Um, and I, for one, am very, I'm, I'm very much ready <laughs> to to go on the ride and to see what it um, has to say and where it points me. So I hope that this was valuable and nourishing, and I'm hoping that your work with this anchor card this month is so supportive in a million different ways. So now that we have kind of touched in on our anchor card, we're going to shift over to our listener question and then wrap up for this episode. So this is from Simon, and Simon asks, I grew up with a parent so forcefully egoic that I decided very early on I wanted to be the opposite of them, but I did such a good job of it that I don't see myself as deserving or worthy. I've been known to put a lot of time and energy into personal projects and then tear them down at the first hints of being successful, just as one example. This is something I want to release, but it's so deeply ingrained that I don't have any idea how to navigate it. Fighting back against it is painful and emotionally draining. Do you have any insights or suggestions on how to feel deserving in a healthy and balanced way? First of all, thank you for this question. It's so brave and vulnerable. And I know that on behalf of the whole audience and myself included, we're all holding you in, in what it took to ask this in, in the brave beautiful work that you're already doing around this. Um, again, thank you for honoring me with this question. Um, and I understand, you know, this is, I I feel like I can completely see how you did such a good job of not wanting to be like your parent that, um, it's now kind of swung to the opposite place. The first place I want to start is with just really honoring and validating, The fact that this is work that likely will take place and and root itself within you over the course of your life, the unlearning and sort of the re-parenting of this, and um, you are likely already doing a spectacular job at it, and um, I imagine that you've come so far with it already. I do think that maybe instead of wanting to release it, it might be interesting. Um, It also might not be, so feel free to play with it and see what comes up for you. But um, instead of releasing it, um, it might be interesting to get curious about it and to start talking to it. And when those moments come up, when was, I I don't know for sure, but it is possible, I know for myself, and this may not be true for you, when those parts of me pop up that were sort of formed as like a response to my parenting, like how I was parented, those parts of me want very badly to protect me but their way of going about it is so wildly misguided (laughs) that um, it, it does call me into a circumstance like tear down this wonderful thing or move as far away as you can from this person that loves and adores you because this isn't safe or whatever it is. So instead of wanting to release those impulses, they come up in me all the time. I have surrounded myself and invested in, um, and I don't mean like monetarily, that's a part of it, but in a level of curiosity and processing and support around these things that are such that I can begin to understand why. So I would say instead of releasing it, maybe what could be adopted here is a willingness to get more curious about the underpinnings and a willingness to sidle up a little closer to the parts of you that feel like um, worthiness and deservability are not for you. And to, to instead of letting them drag you down, ask questions of them. I wonder why, you know, what would happen if we received in this way? What would happen if we considered that we were deserving by by worthy of our birthright? What would happen if we toyed with this, if we played with this? Um, I would also say, and I probably should have said this before, that um, you may already be in therapy, but I would say that, I mean, this is something that I imagine a good therapist could just be so helpful around um just so helpful. I think having a space to take these feelings and to gently unravel them and untie these knots over time um it just seems like something that with the right processor could could be so supportive um and yeah like the the more curious we are about things like this, the more, we loosen and get more awareness around the places where we do feel like something is deeply ingrained, then it becomes less unconscious and more conscious. And we can begin to see like, oh yeah, that's the old programming, um, that's really kicking up and playing its song at like a thousand decibels. And, you know, um, it's really painful and it feels really true, but I know it's not, um, or I think it's not, or, you know, and I'm willing to not, totally light my life on fire, um, because this part of me would prefer to do that, you know, because it is more comfortable with, with that pattern versus being with something that is successful and is satisfying to me. Um, you know, I do think like this, it's Empress work, right? We're, we're very uncomfortable, even without the trauma or the experience that you've gone through with your, with your parent of origin, um, with receiving, it's super, super challenging. It really is. It requires so much work and care. Um, and I would say you, this is really good information. You said fighting back against it is painful and emotionally draining. And I think you're exactly right because how can we fight how can we fight something that, um, you know, is coming at us with all the force of wanting us to survive? Like, you know, this is a really strong, again, program in you. So that curiosity, that willingness to kind of be with the feelings to get to not need to fix them. They don't have to go away. You know, that might feel a little surprising and I know you probably want them to, Eventually, it probably will shift and lighten to the point where you might not feel them in the same way that you're feeling them today. That's pretty much, like I believe without question that that's possible for you. But yeah, we don't we don't need to release them, right? So, you asked me, do I have any insights or suggestions on how to feel deserving in a healthy and balanced way? To be honest with you. I think as, as sort of unsatisfying as this is, taking it one second at a time is the best advice I can give you. Um, I can recognize in myself places where I have grown exponentially around being open to support or care or, um, uh, yeah, where, where, where I felt previously, like I was absolutely unworthy of that or undeserving of that. And that's changed. And it's really because when the discomfort, you know, picks up when it spikes and I find myself in a situation where it's like, Whoa, there's a part of me that is really uncomfortable with this wants to steer away from it. How interesting. That's when I go to my tarot practice. That's when I go to my therapist. That's when I go to my teacher. That's when I really sit with this part of me and ask it lots of questions. And the only way that I've ever been able to make any kind of gentle bolstering headway on it has really been to take it one moment at a time. So. I, I think the first thing is just starting with the part of you that wants it all to be gone because that's so valid. So if you can be with that part of you and just say, you know, that that's valid too, <laughs> like, you know, but, but knowing that as much as it might feel hard to, to reconcile the two, you can have the desire or the impulse rather to move away from deservability or worth, to have the belief that you're not worthy, you're not deserving, be so strong that it threatens to sort of uproot everything in your life and not engage with it. And eventually with more practice, it'll get easier to do that. Um, But some days are easier than others. Knowing that that's okay to have some days be easier than others, um, I think helps I also think, again, if you can let it be a one day at a time, one moment at a time thing, um, it will likely be very, very helpful for you. Um, And you'll actually get to not just sweep this impulse away, but really process it, reparent it, establish something new, um, really have it be kind of a full unknotting and freeing of that of that tether so that it can be made use within you in a completely different way. So I'm hoping that, um, your journey with this is as supportive and as nurturing and as helpful as humanly possible. Um, and I hope this very small, <laughs> like, um, you know, bit of guidance is somewhat useful to you as you continue to embark on this very brave and courageous journey of undoing and opening to your innate worth and deservability thank you so much for trusting me with the question thank you for being here wild souls it's always such a joy to be gathered with all of you in this space and until we connect again at the next episode please take exquisite care of yourselves